0: right here on 104.9 The Horn. It is a smooth, soul Monday edition of Ball Don't Lie. My man Patrick playing songs intended to soothe the tortured soul of sports fans, but hell, all the fans here in that Longhorn Country are celebrating uh, because the Longhorns had a hell of a weekend pulling off a big win over Kansas to solidify the Big 12 Tournament Championship for the men, and now they are a number two seed heading into the big dance into the NCAA tournament. Um, so we'll talk about that and uh, give the Longhorns uh, a ton of props and they deserve it uh, with a big 12 tournament championship. Uh, also we'll talk about Rodney Terry's future here on the 40 Acres. Uh, before we do uh, let me give you the number to the specs text line. That's how you keep up with the program. You're the heartbeat of this thing. So hit us up 512-337-3776. You also can hit us up via Twitter. I'm at Rod Baberson and Twitter versus my man Patrick Davis. Said, it's Patrick Davis. Hard's is going to be back later on this week. You can cyberstalk him if you'd like at hardballharge in the Twitterverse. Um, how epic was the Old Testament, Old Biblical style butt whipping that Texas put on Kansas? First team since Kansas joined the Big Twelve to defeat Kansas by 15 plus points in consecutive weeks. Only the third team in the last 22 years. Uh, sorry, in the last 12 years. Take that back. 12 years uh, that uh, basically beat Kansas by 20 plus points in March, which. Uh, doesn't happen a lot <laughs> um, because March is money time for Kansas basketball uh, so Texas with a huge statement win over Kansas matter of fact two of those as just pointed out in consecutive weeks um, one to end their Big 12 season and then one to end their Big 12 tournament to win the actual championship and Patrick honestly the biggest storyline um, that I took from the game from Texas is Man, their defense right now is truly playing at an elite level. They are suffocating opponents. They are, they, they. I mean, you're talking about a team like Kansas, one of the best teams in the country. We know that they got a one seed. They won the Big Twelve regular season. And Texas, when they are focused, even without Timmy Allen, of course, defensively, they are as good defensively, man, as as damn near any team in the country when they are that focused and that intense.
1: Yeah, we know guard play is what's big in March. And luckily Texas not only has guards that can play really well offensively, they're really good defensively as well. So even if Tyrese Hunter is struggling, he's a huge asset on the court because of the defense he can play. And as long as you're not running into teams that have uh, you know, a really good big man, mm-hmm. then Texas can play top notch defense on pretty much anyone without that big six foot ten to seven foot dunking the ball on you and can back you down and get all the rebounds. But the fact they play defensively, rebounding, everything else at a high, high level, what I said earlier, the focus they had in this tournament is what they need for the rest of the season. And it was so much fun to watch them play this whole weekend.
0: Yeah, I love going back to uh, your point about the guards. We've been saying all year, you know, you need those three, your three best guards to be playing at their best, at their highest level when you get to March, when you get to money time. And that is the case for Marcus Carr. That's Sergio Burr-Rice has been the most consistent uh, guard you've had all season long. Uh, But Tyrese Hunter offensively has not really found his groove or his his rhythm offensively. But defensively, man, he's giving you such intense effort defensively. He did a phenomenal job, you know, just kind of face guarding, denying uh, Dewan Harris the rock. And with Arterio Morris now playing, you know, more minutes, but also playing more impactful minutes. I mean, it's that 10-0 run that Texas had in the first half, I mean, that was basically kind of an Arterio Morris run pretty much. He had the steal, had the layup, had the three-pointer uh, in that and in really part of Texas, I think they were down actually, down three, end up being up seven by the end of that 10-0 run. Most of that just sparked by Arterio Morris and his just sheer freakish athleticism, um, but also I mean, he provides a spark offensively now. Now offensively, he's playing more confidently, he's shooting more confidently um, on the offensive end, so that, I think, can almost help you money ball that third guard. you get getting Marcus Carr, you're getting Sir Jabari Rice, both playing at a high level, but you're not getting the offensive contribution from Tyrese Hunter. You're getting high-level defense from him, but now Arturio Morris giving you some defensive plays too, but now he's got to come in and spark the offense from you from the backcourt.
1: Well, and you needed that when you take Jabari Rice, who has been your spark all season off the bench, and we know that Texas has uh, slow starts a lot. They have struggles going and Jabari Rice has been that guy who's been able to come in and kind of spark them. Once you move him to the starting lineup, you now need somebody else off the bench to step up, and that has been Arterio Morris because he has stepped up in a big way. He's got fresh legs, has not played a ton this entire season, so he has got better legs than a lot of these guys do, and he's just so athletic that he can fly around the court. And when you have somebody come in with the confidence, I mean, they have just seemed to all fit into – feeling that they understand the offense and defense well enough now that we're not seeing Dylan Mitchell and Arterio Morris and Tyrese Hunter have those kind of points of the game where they're not in the right spot or maybe they're not not watching a back screen as well or any of those things, not fighting through screens the way they need to be or going over the top or, or just knowing assignments. It seems like they're getting to the part of the season where they know where they're at. And Arterio Morris right now being able to be that guy as a freshman, is huge.
0: Yeah, I mean he's, in, and like I said he's finding his form at the perfect time for them. And let's not forget about the most outstanding player in the Big Twelve, kind of bearing the lead with Dylan Dessou, who is now playing his best basketball and being named most outstanding player of the Big Twelve tournament. It kind of shows you that this team is peaking at the right time. The question is, because Timmy Allen's been out, because Timmy Allen's been dealing with an injury for the last couple of games, so he's been out, Um, but it's allowed some other guys to find a new role within the offense And Dillon DeSue is one of those guys that now he's kind of found a new identity within the offense. Um, It's been trending that way for a while, but definitely in these last couple of games, we've seen this offense actually change. I, I, I was talking earlier about Marcus Carr, who started out in the game struggling, and Longhorn fans have been talking about that for a while. He was one of five. And then he makes a conscious decision to get to the paint, drive to the paint. And it creates contact, gets the foul, gets an and one misses the free throw. But that almost breaks him. And almost it does break him out of his funk. He made his next five shots, ended up with 17 points in the game and ended up being the uh, getting back to his old self, finding his old form. And the offense now seems to have more spacing with. With Timmy Allen, now, I'm not saying you don't need Timmy Allen. You need Timmy Allen, no question. Um, I do wonder though if Timmy Allen is thrust back in the exact same role he was prior to his injury, considering what the team looks like now offensively.
1: Yeah, and I think it's hard to look at what they did in this Big Twelve tournament and think we should go back. But also, you had a good season, so yeah, there, there, there is two lines of thoughts into it. I depending on whether you start him or not. I think you have to be very aware of the time that you have Timmy Allen and Dylan Mitchell on the court at the same time. Okay, That, to me, is the biggest thing. I know that both those guys are probably – they're probably both going to still be starting, but you may see that, you know, you pull Jabari Rice in a lot sooner than you would have for Dylan Mitchell. And so you let Dylan Mitchell start, but then you rotate him out for another guard and run three guards in Timmy Allen with Dylan to And uh, that, to me, is a possibility depending on – if unless the other team is going to really try and go big, Timmy Allen's a strong enough guy. He can defend pretty well against big guys. Put you know put a body on him and stuff, and they can't guard him defensively. So it's not unless you go against one of those teams that has a solid four and five. So like if you're going against Kansas with McCullers, you can't run that because Wilson and McCullers are going to be in there, and Wilson is going to give Timmy Allen fits and go in the basket. You're going to have to get help over. It becomes harder then. It also can affect your rebounding some. But I think it's something that Timmy Allen could adapt to. That's more of where it's just looking at the rotation throughout the entire game to try and keep yourself more spread out on that court, have more three-point threats to not allow people to sag off, and open up that space for Dylan DeSue. And the great part about Dylan DeSue is he's hitting that little floater thing that normally should be that little push shot is normally like a six, seven, oh, eight foot shot. Yeah, He's hitting up to 10, 15 feet away. I know. Which, if he's hitting out there, then opens up for a Dylan Mitchell or a Timmy Allen to get right underneath the basket and those guards to get in and go and get layups. Because now he's even pulling a guy out because they have... Well, I'm trying to rim protect, but this guy's hitting a push shot from the free throw line. Like a Bill Cartwright style. <laughs> and, and you know it's... there. Right now, usually when you get into March, usually the the refs are going to let you play a little bit more. They're going to try and trust that you're, you know, these are all good teams There's that a lot are playing. Of
0: contact in that Kansas game, yeah. Know so, and play. especially in a championship game, yeah. you're like,
1: man, these two of the best teams in the conference. We're going to let them play a little bit more. You get the better refs, you get all of these things, so it should end up, in a sense, that Texas is able to not get into the foul trouble that they get into. And if you pull those defenders out, they're gonna try. They can't go in and get clean blocks, so that's where you get hacking arms and stuff like that, where you can get to the free throw line. It's a, it's impressive if Dylan Dessou can stay on the court. We know he got an early foul trouble. If he can stay on the court and still hit, be hitting those fifteen footers of little push shot, to, I mean, like that's just it's a hard shot that he's hitting. Yeah. I know it doesn't look pretty, but that's it. The touch he has on it and how soft he's putting it up, so he's bouncing on the rim and still get him to fall in. Yeah, That shooter's touch has, it really makes a difference of how spread open that court can be when you don't, everything's not two guys right underneath the basket and then Timmy Allen's in the mid-range and then you have two guys on the outside, mm-hmm. but they're already kind of shadowing Marcus Carr anyway because they don't want him to get open looks. So then it relies on completely on Tyrese Hunter being able to stretch the defense with his three, Now, you pulled Jabari Rice out there. Well, now, okay, now we have to have somebody out on Jabari Rice as well because we know he can hit him. And now Tyrese Hunter's three becomes he's started driving the ball a little bit better so he can get the ball. And if you're running out on him, he can drive past you and try and get a better shot or an assist.
0: No, I'm. It it just yeah. I mean, you kind of broke it down there into the detail as to why there is more space. There's no question. It yeah. seems like there is more space for guys like Marcus Car. And that, that little high screen and roll he does with Dessou. Oh, they couldn't stop it. No, they had it's no answer for it at all. They,
1: I, I mean, there's a. there's a the little push shot kept coming little, from. The little push shot kept coming from that. We got the <laughs> inbound play that they ran, I don't know, 15, 20 times during the tournament, and no it's, one stops it. Is it
0: Sergeant Barry Rice? Well, it's, it's whoever. It's whatever
1: guard. It's that okay, run yeah, around, run around. He runs around. He runs around, and then, and the then gets it set. on the baseline, and they get that little float shot right by the basket. It's uh, nice. Because a bunch of guards
0: have run it. Yeah.
1: But they keep getting it. I've seen it
0: with Sergeant Barry Rice.
1: And we talked about how they've seen set plays. I've seen it with Tyrese Hunter. I've seen it with Marcus Carr. And it's funny because I think they started doing it maybe in that Kansas game, but they've just done it and it's just like, well, as long as no one's stopping it, we're just going to keep doing it. And there's other, like, that's Mm -hmm. probably option one and there's option two and option three and up.
0: But They're nobody defends option, option one. Option one. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I, I've seen they it too. It. I think every Logan fans know the player knows the player you're talking about yeah. because they've seen it so much. It really and I'll give them a lot of credit. Little we talked about it a couple of weeks ago. We need to see more set plays. Yeah, and I was like, I was like, why don't they have more set plays coming out of timeouts? They like, should have more set plays. Is that not one of Rodney Terry's strengths? Um, and. Obviously, we're starting to see it. I don't know if it's uh, Rodney Terry, the coaching staff, but they've done a really good job now having uh, more effective set plays coming out of timeouts. So let's have the Rodney Terry conversation just really quickly. My man Chip Brown uh, over at Horns uh, 24-7 doing a good job. He put out a piece today. Saying that Texas interim coach Rodney Terry is improving his standing in terms of being considered as the Longhorns' permanent basketball coach, but nothing has been decided at this point. A high ranking university source told Horns 24 7 on Sunday. Uh, also, the source said, one step at a time. Apparently. I think it's, you know, it, it'd be different if they didn't know that Rodney Terry wants this job. Rodney Terry wants this job. It, it, he, yeah. He's, he's going to be offered. Other jobs he's going to be offered. If Texas doesn't make him their head coach, he's going to be offered another great job somewhere else. He's going to get another great job, and he deserves that uh, Sporting News Coach of the Year. I do think for Texas being in this um, leveraged position, I guess I should say, for lack of a better term, they don't have to make the commitment to Rodney Terry just yet. They they can afford to wait to make the most informed decision After the tournament, how far and how deep he goes, we don't know. We all hope it's pretty deep. Um, But they can afford now to wait. Even if they already decided behind the scenes, he's our guy. He's a guy. He's a front runner. He's the guy. Um, But I think for them, just now kind of obviously playing the game, if you will, I do think for Texas there's no incentive for them to make the move now. There's no no real incentive for them to make the move now. Even if they are going to make the move eventually. Inevitably, and I think that actually could be the case now considering he just won the Big 12 tournament. I don't think right now there's any incentive. They still want to see how the tournament goes, but I think we are all right now, all the signs are pointing to him making a successful run in the tournament. What's your definition of success? I don't know. Is it second weekend, third weekend? We're talking about Elite Eight, Sweet 16. Everybody's probably got a different definition of that. Yeah, I mean, if
1: you want to talk seeding-wise, you're saying Elite Eight. You're saying you're Elite Eight. Get past? That, that, no, I mean, that's seeding-wise. You're a two-seed. That's true. So the first game that you could lose to a higher seed would be in the elite eight. So you're saying you can't have, can't be upset? No, no. I'm saying you could probably lose in the sweet sixteen and not be, and it would be okay. You Wouldn't can still be. be the coach. It depends on you know what matchup you're talking <laughs> about. It depends on what happens in the tournament. Because if you go into it and you go, oh man, we got hosed on some calls in that game, and oh somebody kind of got hurt, or what, then you can't you can't go blame that all on Rodney Terry. But just saying of expectations right now for the University of Texas is you are a two seed. That means that you should, not to not be upset, make it to the Elite Eight. That's true. That is just basic chalk math. Jay Wright's got to make it to the Final Four. No, Dickie V has to make it in the, the championship you game. He's got one
0: all the way? Yeah. I want so, to so like, I,
1: I get we can have higher expectations. You may have lower expectations. That is just what the seeding is of when you earn a two seed, you're expected to make it there. I think Rodney Terry needs to make it to the second weekend, or else it is a real disappointment. And let's not forget who their opponent could be in Game 2. Yeah. If the Texas Amags, who got hosed and should not be a 7-seed, they are a 6-seed at worst, but probably a 5-seed, got hosed. But I think they wanted that matchup, so they're putting them in there. They have to beat Penn State. Uh, So they do have to beat Penn State. Yeah. But if they beat Penn State, Texas has to beat Colgate. They do that. Then we get a Texas versus Texas A&M. Texas A&M is very hot right now. That'll be a huge game. Uh, so that one is, if you lose that, some of those boosters who've been asking for another coach in the moment. Especially AM A&M one because that's an emotional loss
0: if you lose it. Could be that's could be something loss, that yeah.
1: would put boosters more on the, we need an experienced coach. We need a big
0: time coach. Yes. We need a guy that's so, got a big So name. there
1: is that out there. Splash hire coach. Yes. Yeah. That, that is still a thing. You beat A&M now. Now those boosters...
0: Hell yeah! They Damn get to talk right. some
1: trash because <laughs> you know what they're hearing it because you know who knocked Texas out of the ba- the world base uh, the Aggies the basketball uh, baseball yeah uh, college the baseball world, 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 world series? series could not get that out yeah uh, college baseball world series last year was the Aggies so they're up one on us right now. Texas can get it back in the tournament if they play them uh, on Saturday.
0: Yeah, and it does show you that at least that rivalry still got some cachet because it's obvious the decision makers oh, yeah. they wanted that matchup in the second round and they're predicting that matchup in the second round. So yeah, I mean, and I know the Aggies. Yes, y'all dig it holes. Everybody can even Longhorn fans can admit. Aggies got hosed. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you go. If, in the Duke's, if, Duke's, it's a, okay.
1: if Duke's a five seed, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it takes A&M as a five seed.
0: Yeah, and I will say, yeah, Duke is Duke, but still, it shouldn't be about reputation. No, no, reputation. but they both struggled early in the season. Yes, exactly. Got
1: hot late in the season, except uh, A&M did it in the SEC, which is a really good conference, which is a pretty good conference, and Duke did it in the ACC, which is a garbage conference this year. No. So, so if we're going piece for piece... There's no way they're two seeds worse than them. Also, we can point out Oklahoma State should have been in the tournament. That was another. just, that was just bad.
0: He ended up with seven teams from
1: the Big 12, correct? Seven teams. The they were most. apparently the first team out uh, was uh, Big 12. So you can blame that. Uh, Oklahoma State can blame that on Houston because Memphis would not have made the tournament unless they beat Houston in that conference championship game. So you can blame it on Houston if you want that they should have won their tournament and you would have gotten in as the last team out. And that's a but no, that is uh, they. They definitely should have been in. They got hurt because the records are just
0: lower in the Big Twelve. Because you, every road game was insane this year. Well, it's, it, it, and this Texas basketball team. The reason I'm so proud of the team as a Longhorn. You know, I don't get into how proud I am of a team, that kind of stuff. But because we're always talking about analysis and that kind of stuff. But this is a team had high expectations to start the season. Right? They opened the mood. Yep. They're a brand new arena to open the season. High expectation. Their top ten team to open the season. Um, early on with the big, the win over the Zags, big statement win for Texas. Then they have the Chris Beard situation. Yep. Chris Beard is charged. Um, and then they get in the interim coach in Rodney Terry. That's all of this uncertainty around the program. They find a way to galvanize. Uh, they find a way as a, as a unit uh, to intrinsically, right, uh, overcome these obstacles and these trials and these tribulations. They <laughs> end up in a situation where they could win the Big 12 regular season. And then they have a lull. Right? They had a chance to be in the, in the conversation to win the Big 12 regular season. And then they had a bit of a, like I said, they had a bit of a downturn in their season. It wasn't necessarily anything disastrous, but they, they, they had a letdown. Simple as that. Yeah. And then after the letdown, they come back with the Kansas that went over Kansas, choose to end the regular season. Um, I believe right on that time, Coach Terry ends up winning. Coach of the year for the sporting news, like right around that time or after that, going to the Big 12 tournament, uh, dealing with the uh, the Timmy Allen injury. He ends up being out, and now they're playing their best basketball of the season, end up beating Kansas again. Not just beating Kansas, but putting an Old Testament style butt whipping on Kansas for the second time in two weeks and win the Big 12 tournament title for the second time. As a program? Yeah. No, and, I,
1: I agree. And and I know and this is a common thing on the tech oh, yeah, sign. They're,
0: they're number five or something like that. It is a common thing
1: that on the tech sign, it's a common thing that people would talk about Rodney Terry. <laughs> in college basketball, the assistants recruit more than the head coach does. The head coach comes in, the assistant coaches are guys who go out there, scout a lot more talent. They're the guys in the homes a lot. All of these guys were recruited heavily by Rodney Terry. Jabari Rice, the guy who told Texas about getting Jabari Rice, was Rodney Terry. Mm-hmm. The whole thing of an experience, I get that you know if we did not have an experienced team, we, we probably wouldn't have been as good. But we were not going to be expected to be as good if we didn't have an experienced team. So that it wasn't going to be good for Chris Beard if there wasn't a, a, a experienced team as well. And then you throw in the fact of the, the whole thing with Chris Beard was he could bring in transfers. We have a lot of experience. These are not guys that came to Texas originally. Most of our seniors are transfers. Mm -hmm. Brock Cunningham is our only senior that came to Texas, like started freshman as a Texas. So there's a lot of this point where you can say, well, this is Chris Beard's guys or this is an experienced team. Rodney Terry has a lot to do with that. Like Rodney Terry's helped bring in a lot of these guys. So I I, I get it, but I think that this is a – you have to give him credit and, and not take away all of his credit for helping build this team as well. He is a huge part of building this team. Going forward, his his stake of when you're talking to teams and what you can sell them on is how far he goes in this tournament. Yeah. So no, when he's recruiting. If he makes a Final Four, then guess what? He's a Final Four coach. And you, it, whatever you want to say, when he's going to someone's house, he's the guy who took him to the Final Four, and that's pretty much is what you're going to get. From most other big-name hires that are out there, there's a couple of guys that are national champions that maybe you could steal away, but to see if they still want to be in the game, to see if they're still ready to go, that's a, a risk to let Rodney Terry go for that.
0: It is. I, I don't. Like I said, right now, I don't know if there's a right or a wrong answer for it. I Because there can be valid points made about, you know, whether uh, Rodney Terry has a vision for the program going forward or whether, you know, he can recruit the right guys to execute that vision. I get all that. But there's no doubt about it. He's done everything within his power, pretty much, <laughs> to, to give him the best opportunity t- to be considered for the Texas job. Like I don't know what else Rodney Terry can do. The rest of it might just be out of his control. Now, yes, got to be able to make a run in the tournament. But we're talking about something Texas hadn't done since last time Texas went to the uh, the, the the elite eight or the final four. We're talking about what? Oh. But 08 was the last time they got past the Sweet 16? Yeah. Was that I mean, it? Final oh, Four was with TJ 16? Ford, right? Yeah, I think that was the last. 03? Oh, oh, yeah, I'd say oh, 03. I my like guess that. off the top of my head. It's 03 or 04. Yeah, so, it, it, listen, if Ryan Terry could do that, great. But I'm with you. He's got to get past the second weekend to truly... If if he's gonna be a front runner for the job, he's got. I think the past second weekend he gets to the front runner status. Oh, he's no probably no. already there. Let's put it
1: this way: if he gets to the elite eight, I think he's the front runner. And if you get past the second weekend and you're in the final four, oh, then it's his job. Yeah, That's yeah. What I'm saying. So past the second yeah. weekend because the first weekend is the one we won one game thirty two. <laughs> then you're in, you're, so you're say, if he gets the original round the one we thir- won game 32 he gets a sweet sixteen sweet sixteen the second I round I think he's a front runner in. then yeah I so I think I think three two wins gets you to be a front runner three wins makes you really hard four wins I don't get how you do it I don't yeah. get how you say this guy just took a team to the final four let's go get a better coach
0: yeah no I, the spec the spec is pretty split. I mean some people are like give him the job. A lot like of Longa fans are like, nah, I'm no, not so I, to I can tell you,
1: as someone who's there, I know people think he doesn't chew out his team enough. I know I, I keep seeing things that I don't know what y'all are watching. I'm just saying I don't know what you're watching if you don't think he gets on this team.
0: Yeah. Um someone says Terry helped bring national players of the year, TJ Ford and Kevin Durant to Austin, as well as American all American guard DJ Augustine. Um yeah, no, that's a good point there. And uh I mean and Chan says, wait how bad can it be if we stuck with Shaka for that long with nothing going? Give him the job now. Yeah, you you always can give him the job if it don't work out, and you hire somebody. It's not like he's going to trash the program or anything like yeah. that. I mean, you, if you made a mistake, but obviously also I don't it's college basketball at this point. You,
1: you you can't trash a program the way you used to be able to because the transfer transfer portal. portal. The transfer portal is huge. Yeah, you would know early because guys just started leaving. Yeah. Well, no, and that's when it's gone and you can rebuild a team in 2 years now because you can bring in seniors and juniors and sophomores and you can bring in more guys.
0: Yeah. No, I I say Longhorns are pretty split on this. Uh, and I can I can tell Longhorns are pretty kind of split down the middle about if he's the guy for uh, for Texas basketball for the future of Texas basketball or if he's just doing a really good job right now in the circumstance and Texas needs to look elsewhere. So, uh, hit us up on the Specs sex on 512-337-3776. Like I said, I don't think there's a right or wrong answer with it right now. It, it's not. Okay. Now, we get deep into the tournament, then, yeah, I think, you know, that argument that he has not done enough to win the job, I think that'll start to die down just a little bit. But, yeah, the tournament's what it's all about. It's all about tournaments, and as Patrick mentioned, it's all about getting guys to the NBA. And I love the, the, part you brought up, the point you brought up earlier, Patrick, you know, naming a coach now, or at least removing the interim tag, I do wonder, motivation-wise, how it affects a team. It's clear this team wants Ryan and Terry to get that job. They're playing for their coach. Yeah. They so, want him to have that job. So
1: let him keep fighting for it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Let, let him, him keep, keep fighting, fighting for it. For <laughs> it. Hey, <laughs> fight for yourselves. Fight for the
0: coach. No doubt.
1: That's how you win games.
0: I love it. All right, we come back. We'll talk about the Dallas Cowboys. Apparently, uh, they've made some more moves to clear some cap space. It's free agency. We'll talk about what that means for Cowboys fans. All that more right here on Ball Don't Lie. Wonderful not the horn i'm as mad as hell and i'm not gonna take this anymore find out what happens when people stop being polite and start getting real you ain't keeping it real my god okay it's happening everybody stay calm
1: oh you've got it now it's time for rod's rant of the day hold on
0: to your butts All right, welcome back to Valdo Law right here on 104.9 Horn. I want to talk some Cowboys, but I want to get a couple of these texts here about the Rodney-Terry discussion because they're pretty good. Texas says, if Terry were doing what he's doing at Texas right now at UCLA or Kentucky or Indiana, we'd be looking to bring him home if we had an opening. He's our own. Keep him. The grass ain't always greener. I like that text. It's a good text, uh, well thought out. Uh, one texter here says, uh, "Oh, thank you. Good discussion, gentlemen. Y'all hashed it out very well. Thank you for that." He says, "It's like uh, Switzer following Jimmy Johnson, except you can't retain uh, you can't retain a team with big contracts in Rodney Terry's case." You yeah, know, some people are big on that, right? He said, it's really hard to evaluate Rodney Terry. There's a big difference in operating what someone has built versus being able to build it and operate it yourself. That is fair. Like, we don't know yeah. if he, how well he, he executes his own vision as opposed to executing Beard's uh, – are rescuing Beard's vision in a crisis situation, which he's done an amazing job of.
1: Yeah, no, and I get – there is there is questions of – in the transfer portal, how aggressive can he be in the transfer portal, or does he want to go more recruiting, which would be a longer build for Texas coming out of having a lot of guys that can move on. The question could be, uh, how is he going to put together his staff? There's a lot of head coaching experience on the staff to come coach for Chris Beard. How many of them might move on afterwards, and how does he build his staff? There are those questions – those are the exact same questions you get to ask about any single coach you hire because there isn't a coach in college basketball that's out there that you go, is a sure thing, get us to the final four in two or three years. It doesn't exist because you can bring them in and they have to be the secondary school, the secondary sport at a school, and a lot of those big-time coaches don't like that and will not rub them the right way to have to go realize that football is going to be king in Texas.
0: Says if Texas does not hire Terry, it would basically be the same thing as firing him for what he has done to date no school would fire a coach after a year that he had. Uh it's good Texas there. Again, says, again, this is all before the tournament. If he loses yeah. to Colgates, oh, this, this conversation this we walk <laughs> yeah. in we it's walk moot. in here
1: on Friday. It's moot. And tell yeah. man, who's our next coach? Yeah. <laughs> so, I, I get it, but we can't we don't know until after this this tournament.
0: Texas if Jay Ryder, Billy Donovan will come, I'd take them, but outside of that, i take Ronnie Terry. That's not a question like if you if you don't want Ronnie Terry, who do you want? Uh, not a nap guy says, pay the man, give him some, pay that man. Straight cash, homie. Chris Bennett, my name is CB. Uh, sorry CB for calling you by your full name. That's just, no, that's not my style. Um, so he says, uh, TJ Ford was at Texas before Terry got there. Ford got to Texas in one and Terry in 2 Oh, he wants to know that, that he didn't recruit him. So appreciate that. Uh, keeping us on our toes, CB. Um, all right. So we'll get back to some of those texts. Keep them coming. Uh, someone says in Rod, retrust, and they weren't talking about me. Uh, I think they were talking about Rodney Terry, but I I, I took it for a compliment for me. <laughs> so, I, I'm, I'm almost, you should take it. I'm gonna take that compliment every time. Uh, someone says if he loses, uh, if he if he loses to Colgate, <laughs> uh, you gotta yeah. I mean, no, if he loses to Colgate, then it's done. I mean, he's he's not. He, he, if he doesn't make it past the second round, I don't necessarily think the job is guaranteed to be his. Yeah, and
1: like, that, that, that is, is and that is where a Jay Wright and a Billy Donovan and Billy Donovan. I got tons of questions. That has been a long time since he has coached college basketball. Because he went true. to the NBA, so this may like it may not be it may not work out if he comes in either. So that's not a sure thing either. The game has changed a lot since he's been there.
0: No question. Uh, good discussion there. Okay, let's talk about the Cowboys really quick. They just cleared some more cap space. I feel like I said this. I feel like we're in a groundhog day of a, day, in a groundhog day of off season gaslighting for Cowboys fans, and I feel like we relive this every offseason. And you let me know if it sounds familiar. Jerry Jones stirs the pot. Just us talking about random stuff, whatever it may be. Get you guys riled up. They cleared cap space, which they've done twice now. They actually restructured Michael Gallup most recently and cleared up another I believe, it's $7 million in cap space from the Michael Gallup thing. Yeah, uh, you go. So they restructured him. So now they got, I believe, close to $20 million in cap space. Ooh, cap space. Uh, fans get all excited, which we are now. We're titillated. Ooh, excited. How much cap space did they have going into opening day
1: yesterday? Or like the first game? Or uh, last year? Oh, 20. It was like 20-something million. Yeah, All right. so, <laughs> <just> Yeah, <saying. laughs> just, just saying.
0: The rainy day fund. Just saying. The rainy day fund. Great for that, Patrick. Uh, the big player is linked to the Cowboys. <gasps> Bobby Wagner. Odell Beckham Jr. DeAndre Hopkins. Ooh. Then there's the ultimately Cowboys are also interested. Yes. <gasps> then you get the, there's mutual interest. Oh, mutual interest between the Cowboys and this great player and Cap space. It seems like it's a perfect match. This is definitely going to happen. And then ultimately, Cowboys strike out, don't get that player. And the four words you love to hear we like our guys. That is it. That's the groundhog gaslighting off-season stages for the Dallas Cowboys fans, and it happens every offseason, season And it's happening again right now. We're at the what stage are we in right now, Patrick? Players linked to Cowboys. We're in that stage right now, right? Yeah, Bobby I, I, Wagner, Odell Beckham Jr., DeAndre Hopkins. Oh, and the cap space. We've cleared cap space. Yep,
1: we're, we're there. ready to
0: make a move.
1: We're ready. Yeah, we got to sign those free agents first, though. So are those, those draft picks first? We got to sign the draft picks first. Got to sign. The draft make picks sure we first. have
0: all them signed. Do you want to know where the Cowboys have finished in the last, since 2012 in free agency spending? I got it from SpotTrack. In 2012, Cowboys were spending. Something happened around 20. You know what? Actually, it, it actually coincides with Dak's ascent to being the starting quarterback. Jerry Jones went from being a big spender in free agency, which was probably not the right way to go either. He was, he was overly excited about free agency, and he wasn't building enough through the draft. Now, you have the opposite. Cowboys are the most homegrown team in the NFL. No team builds through the draft more than the Cowboys, and no team builds less through free agency than the Dallas Cowboys. So here you go. They're ranking in free agency spending since 2012. 10th, 12th, tied for 11th, tied for 9th, 11th. Oh, yeah, top 10, baby. Every year, got to make something happen. And then they drop off a cliff starting in 2017, 25th, 26th, 20th, 28th, and 19th last year. Now I'm not saying that the Cowboys are building the wrong way. As a matter of fact, when you look at the value of contracts, and they do that based on like wins above replacement, if you look at the value of contracts that are signed in the NFL, unrestricted free agent contracts are by far the most expensive and the, you get the least return on your investment. If you look at contracts that are signed to give you the most return on your investment, the most bang for your buck, drafted players, less, less than 10% of your salary cap ends up being those drafted players, but they give you nearly 39 wins above replacement. When you extend your own players that you drafted, once they become free agents, still, it's about less than 20% of your salary cap, right around 20%, and 34 wins above replacement. So there's no doubt about it. You get more return on your investment from contracts that are signed from players you drafted or players you extended that were drafted by you. The problem with the Dallas Cowboys is, and I've said this before, and this is the quote from Stephen Jones. This is Stephen Jones' belief about free agency. And you can tell he's the one that's been able to compel Jerry Jones to spend less, which is good, but he's, he's cheap in free agency and not frugal. Remember I said the difference between being cheap and being frugal? You don't want to be cheap. You want to be frugal. And the Cowboys are just cheap in free agency. This is what Stephen Jones said about free agency. Quote, you're going to pay good players like they're great, average players like they're good, below average players like they're average. It's just not a great way to build a football team. He's right. Not a great way to build a football team, but it is a great way to supplement and complement roster construction. Truth is, the Cowboys are arguably top five, top ten in the NFL last five to eight years. All right, in draft, in, in their draft productivity, in their draft success rate. They're also one of the top five, top ten best teams last five to eight years in undrafted free agency hit rates. They're phenomenal in those two areas. And that is basically 80% of their roster construction. Most homegrown team in the league. The problem with that is they'll always, they'll always be outmaneuvered. And in my opinion, they'll always be surpassed like they were this past offseason by teams like the Philadelphia Eagles. Like teams like the 49ers. Teams like the Rams. Like the Bucks, Who are willing to use any available resource, any available means of talent acquisition at their disposal to improve their roster. Cowboys are not. Because they think that free agency is just too expensive. At least the start of it. They think trades are just too volatile. So... They're only using half of the resources and options available to construct their roster. That, in a nutshell, is why you're Dallas Cowboys, not, and it's not the only reason. But That's why they're starting behind the rest of the league. Because the rest of the league, with the nba of the NFL, they're becoming more aggressive. <laughs> there are more trades now. More free agency moves being made now. And the Cowboys are making less free agency moves. Less trades. Doesn't make sense. So that's, that's, that's the flawed business model of the Cowboys. Their flawed roster construction is they just don't use enough. Think about all the teams that have, been, that have, that have won recently. We're talking about the Rams. Are you talking about the Bucs. Are are talking about the Eagles who surpassed the Cowboys. Even the 49ers realized, oh, I need the trade market. I need free agency. I need it all. Every possible available means to improve my, upgrade my roster, I must use it by any means necessary. Cowboys don't think that way. They only want to build their roster in the most fiscally conservative, frugal manner possible, which is the draft and which is undrafted free agency. And I don't disagree with that. That is a fact. That is true. But it is also flawed because you have to use the other means of talent acquisition. If you don't, you're going to end up exactly where the Cowboys are right now, in the middle. All right, we come right back. We'll get into uh, more NFL news notes and nuggets right here on Ball Don't Lie, 104.9 The Horn. All right, welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. Smooth Soul Monday edition of Ball Don't Lie. So I was just talking about the Dallas Cowboys and when they shifted their philosophy, um, you know, they— they used to be over leveraged in free agency in terms of talent acquisition. And now they are basically over leveraged, if you will, in the draft. Like they build, they're too overly invested in building just through the draft and undrafted free agency. And it started in 2017 in free agency spending in 2012 through 2016, they were 10th, 12th, 11th, 19th, and 11th. Cowboys fans remember these days. And then 2017, uh, they dropped to 25th, and then 26th in 2018, 20th, 28th in and 2020, and 19th in and 2021 in free agency spending. Uh, Patrick, you got a theory about this, and I think your theory is around the money.
1: Uh, I believe that this somewhat coincides with Will McClay's rise in the organization. His continued good drafts, scouting players and personnel's but leveraging more on the side of the draft.
0: You're right. Senior director of pro and college scouting in 2015, and he became the VP of player personnel in 2017. That's it. it Lines right up with when yeah. they shifted their philosophy and talent acquisition. And I think he's fantastic. Like I said they're they're one of the top five teams in the NFL, arguably top five to ten in draft success rate and draft hit rate. They they need to diversify though. They're, they're too um, overly invested in just the draft. We need somebody there. To, basically, the Will McClay, a, ver, a version of Will McClay for trades and for free agency is what we need. Because Will McClay is awesome for drafting and scouting out of college. We need somebody with his mind, except that mind that works in free agency and that works in NFL trades. If you get that, Cowboys going to go, go to a Super Bowl. I'm telling you, just on talent alone. But they, right next to it, they're only, they're only using – pretty much of the the means of talent acquisition. Makes no sense. Um, So there you go. Uh, I love my man Patrick bringing it up. That was a nice little nugget there. Okay, we come back. We got more NFL legal tampering period news. We'll go go over all of the uh, signings that have, sorry, take that back. All of the agreements that have been <laughs> uh, discussed and reported because nothing can be signed or finalized until the beginning of the new league year, which happens on Wednesday. So we'll talk about all the reports of what's happening during the legal tampering period for the NFL. All that and more right here on Ball Don't Lie on 104. number the horn.